This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast was recorded at the Sage Transform Conference in October of 2022. It features two interviews with Sage executives. First, we spoke to Aaron Harris, Chief Technology Officer, who was joined by Walid Abu Habda, Chief Product and Development Officer. In the second interview, we spoke with Steve Hare, CEO of Sage Global. It's an all-star lineup. We talked with Aaron, Walid, and Steve about the future of Sage, both from a product and a strategy perspective. I hope you enjoy. Here we are at Sage Transform 2022 in Orlando World Center Marriott. This is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm David Leary. And I'm Blake Oliver. And today we have two guests. We have returning from last year, Aaron Harris. He's the global CTO of Sage, but you are the founder of Intact. I was originally the founding team. I don't want to take that much credit. (laughs) But I I was there at the beginning and I was writing a lot of code in the very early days. Yeah, actually writing code. And then we have uh, Walid Abu Hadba. I said it right? I that's got it. That's perfect. We just call him Walid. We just call me Walid. Walid, that's the easiest. And he is the Chief Product and Development Officer at Sage. So I th- think tomorrow, Aaron, you're doing your keynote's going to be kind of the new stuff. Yes. So we won't get this out until after tomorrow. So can you fill us in? Like, what's new? Like, what's happening? What's gone on since the last year? Fill us in. So the big focus of, of, my, of my session tomorrow is, is going to be on AI and, and what we're doing with AI to both drive more automation in accounting workflows, but also using AI to create more trust and confidence in, in the business. And the other big thrust of the session tomorrow will be focused on Actually, you know, what do accountants need to be successful with all of these workflows? The industry hasn't done a great job providing tools that are actually sort of where the accountant works, whether, you know, in in email and spreadsheets and whatnot. And so we have an opportunity with a product uh, called Inbox that takes all of this activity that's coming into the accounting team through really sort of unmanaged ways, organizes it and creates a way to kick off AI-powered workflows you know, from, from those inbound communications. So it's all about the, the job of, of an accountant and how we can use AI and, and other emerging technologies to make them more effective. And so if I captured this correctly today, I saw, yes, you have an inbox, which a lot of apps have. You have an inbox, you know, you, and even we even have it for like my own company, I have like AP at sumbrowapps.com. Basically, if I have multiple companies, multiple NCs, you're giving me one email address for everything, and then you're just being smart, like, oh, this is for entity A, this is for entity B, this is for entity, and you're, you're routing it to whoever it needs to we're, go to. We're, we're giving you a, a web-based workflow management tool that originates everything from your accounting inboxes, right? You may have multiple AP inboxes, maybe for different businesses, but ultimately, you want one central place where the accounting team works on all of the workflow that's associated with these emails. Okay, so whether I can it's still a bill. have lots of email addresses, but you're, just, you're consolidating to one view, and then I process it to wherever it needs to be It goes beyond GL. just consolidating to one view. One thing is that it's really important to kind of explain what Aaron and his team built. The accounting, system, the accounting world is ready for, it's, it's rich of data, number one. I mean, the data is the heartbeat of all, all the businesses today. And it is, it's really ready for an AI disruption model. And if you look at what Aaron and his team built around the operating models around our AI, it's world-class. 
they built up, they built by far the best DevOps environment around AI. Their, their ability to deploy, create models, deploy these models, and create models and, and deploy them in a real products, really, really easy and simple for us. So what he was, what Aaron was talking about in terms of the workflow is we're gonna take his ideas around what we call unified workflow environment. Think of it beyond the inbox, it's inbox plus plus, okay? Back to C and C plus plus environment. It will allow us to take all the workflows away from you know, existing products and put them into an environment that, that, that will apply a lot of AI to that environment and allow you to route things in a more seamless way and actually solve them before they even come to, to, to the environment in there. So that's kind of the future for so, us. So the inbox is really, the, it's not just this little tool for AP, it's a platform you built that's gonna eventually have other inputs wherever those inputs come from. If the way all accounting workflows happen, whether you're working with your suppliers, your, your customers, uh, you know, maybe with, with some, some, some regulatory agencies, there, there are many, many times those workflows are kicked off because somebody in accounting received an email. That email may have a bill attached to it. That email might have a request for information that's related to accounting. When are you going to pay me sort of things? What is my balance? But ultimately, all of these emails flow into the accounting team, launch these workflows. And there's not a product today that actually organizes and manages all that and seeks to take these emails, understand the nature of the emails, and kick off the appropriate AI-powered workflow. It's, it's really interesting to hear you talking about this because we do have a product similar to this in the accounting firm space. Small accounting firms are, a lot of them are using a tool called Carbon now, yeah. which is around an email inbox that consolidates everybody's emails into one workflow solution and then you create a task based on those emails, right? And kick off processes. This is, Carbon is a good product, it's actually, but this is a platform too. It's not actually just a product. So tell me what that means. It is, it is for, for us, it's gonna be extendable. It's gonna have an object model that allows you, it has, it's gonna be API driven and you could actually extend the API yourself. So we'll have ISVs, you're gonna have customers, you're gonna have other people who actually will be able to add workflows to it and extend the workflows beyond just what we are doing at Sage. So it's actually a full workflow environment and a platform that sits on top of AI, but it's all driven by also AI. So, you know, the, 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 the powering engine underneath it is the AI engine that Aaron has built in Sage over the last three, four years into it. And that's really the power behind it. Very exciting. Uh, we've also got, I think, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six different press releases <laughs> that we've been handed today. Yeah. Uh, your, your PR team, marketing team are very busy, uh, but good. clearly you've been putting out a lot of different uh, features and products. We and were just talking about just how prolific our, our development teams have been this year in getting more products to market. It's just, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun to have board working with me. He's just like pumped so much energy into our development teams and gotten them so focused on shipping lots of great new products. Hence, you've got six press releases sitting in front of you. Yeah, what else, what else is really exciting? Like what, what, do you, I, what I, would I you highlight? One thing is having him built the best product bar none in the industry. And by the way, I have experience in Microsoft and I've worked at Oracle and I worked at Ansys. So I have a broad experience and I know software. Uh, the only two things I know in my life I told everybody is food and software. <laughs> and it shows. So <laughs> in, in that sense, what Aaron and his team and mainly Aaron really led uh, within Sage and outside Sage, but when he wasn't in tech, he built the most powerful extendable platform. 
And this is the areas from early on, Aaron emphasized the API model and API-driven development. That allowed us to create business models. So my job is really, in a lot of ways, really easy when I came into here. It's really nothing to do other than just align the resources to deliver on the vision that he built. That's really all, all I did. Now, let me tell you what we're excited about. I'm really, really excited about the vision that Aaron created around the digital network. This is an unbelievable vision. Nobody has it in the industry but us. It's number one. I'm very excited about the products that we're releasing. Our acceleration of product releases right now, in the last 12 months, we released more products and more code than we released in, as far as I know, actually. I, I, I'd agree. I think between your acquisitions and the part releases, the last 18 months, you guys have been steaming. Like, yeah. It's, it's compared to historical, you know, to decades to get bank feeds, right? I and actually I hadn't yeah. seen the video they showed, you know, like the recap of the last year. Uh -huh. I hadn't seen that until just now. And I gotta say, I got it, it was moving. <laughs> So, so, so when you talk about APIs, right? Yes. Like, Aaron, you, like, you, you always believed in that, having developers build through APIs to get their data into the accounting system. But yeah. the thing that got the most applause today was basically a tool to import CSV files <laughs> and Excel <laughs> files. So, and, 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 and me coming from a developer background, right, and running a develop, development team in the APIs team, every time I see a tool that helps people take CSV data and get it into something easier, that just gives that other product that's creating that dump of CSV data, another reason to still not uh, integrate through an API. So how did you guys like, did you just like, oh, forget it? Like, why, why did you build this? And obviously they want it because that had the biggest ovation out there. There's always a moment in time where you have to say to yourself, I've been trying to get them to do this for the last 15 years. I still absolutely believe in it, but you know what? I'm gonna to have to listen to the customer <laughs> and give them the solution that they need today to solve what's driving them nuts today. Uh, and so, you know, when you see an audience applaud so much for something like that, uh, it's, it, it's, it shows that they've been wanting this and the solution that we've given them now is so much better than what they've been using before. And by the way, the capability that Aravinda showed today sits on top of the APIs. Yes. And that's the most important thing. It's not like we are going around the API or we're creating something access to the system that's different. It's actually just a tool on top of the API that, that you actually designed, Darren, early on in the, in the intact space. And to give our listeners an idea of what we're talking about, well, what I saw on the screen, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is I import my file, my Excel file, and then I get to now map and validate the columns and the data so I don't have to go like get an error and then go and re-fix my file, I can do it in the app. Is that right? Yep. You, so you don't have to work with predefined templates, right? And, and <laughs> you know, a lot of accounting records are pretty complex and have lots and lots of fields. So some of these templates might have 150 columns. Yeah. And you've got to have, you know, the, the correct the exact right column. And, and don't put you've a semicolon somewhere. You've got to have the right data types yeah. in there. Or you got, you got one invalid row and now you've got to go find the row. And yeah, so now AI just takes a look at the file you uploaded right? And it, it gets really smart about saying what's the meaning of each, each column. And it does a, a first pass at mapping. Human takes a look. Am I happy with the mapping? I can make little adjustments and then I hit go. Yeah. And, and I think everybody, and the reason why you got all this, everybody has some legacy app in their tech stack that they can't get rid of because it's the only app that does some special for construction and they have to have it and it just dumps out bad data. And yeah, so you're right. You kind of eventually have to listen to the customer. Or maybe these developers don't even exist anymore. They're just on this old software that just keeps running, right? And there's, there's, no, there's no company anymore 
that runs on that software builds that software. So they're never going to build an API. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's uh, interesting. So you guys, baseball, big announcement. <laughs> so you are now, are you just sponsoring Major League Baseball or is the power of your AI like doing stat stuff and is, is MLBA, are they? Uh, so, so, so I mean, first of all, I mean, we should, we should, David, we should uh, preface this by saying Sage is now an official partner of Major League Baseball. And this is your, this is Sage's first North American sports partnership. Correct. So, yep. okay. And, and, and yeah, the part that got our attention was you're going to help MLB do data analysis of some sort, but I, I was kind of vague on what that exactly means. Like, do you know what that is yet? So, so we've, we've connected our data scientists, you know, with, with Major League Baseball and we're exploring some ways that we can, you know, help uh, provide some, 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 you know, AI powered insights. But I'll, I'll tell that, you that's what. That's good because baseball fans are the biggest stats nerds of, of any yeah. sport. Oh, right? oh come on. So. we did our homework here, right? <laughs> you know, the, the sport that CFOs like, the sport that accountants like, is baseball, right? They want to, like, at the end of the day, they want to go sit at a baseball stadium and just unwind, right? And, 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 and relax. So the thing that's the most, I think, impactful about this is that the Intact product as a platform has a huge ecosystem around it that depends on brand awareness, right? So a reseller is, is not gonna be as effective at, at selling Sage Intact if the customers they're trying to reach don't know who Sage is, right? An accounting firm is not gonna be successful convincing clients to move on to you know, the, the accounting platform if they don't know who Sage yeah. is. And so it's just a show, it's a real show of commitment to all of our partners, all the ecosystem around Sage, that we're making a really, really meaningful investment in brand. You know, it's not just the Major League Baseball investment, it's also everything you've seen with, with the, the, the new brand launch that we've been doing over the last year. Exactly. Well, maybe you can use some of that AI to like figure out which teams are cheating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not sure that that is, anybody could do that yet. Well, well no, because that one team did cheat and they, they were tracking it all in an Excel spreadsheet because we think we covered that for the show. I know. So now you guys can just Automate take over that. that. You, they, the Astros, maybe? I think, I think we're, we're going to want to stay away from controversy. Exactly. <laughs> <like that>. exactly. <laughs> so can you speak about, so I know you guys had some announcements with Microsoft. You're partnering with Microsoft. It's, uh, is it Microsoft Teams only type stuff? Or are you guys, no. you're moving to Azure? Does that mean you're not on AWS? Like what's, what's that announcement? Okay. So the deal with Microsoft has four main components to it. Okay. okay. And we're still actually a good partner with uh, AWS. We're partner, you know, we're a multi-cloud. We're committed to a multi-cloud uh, architecture for us. So we're never going to commit to just only one cloud implementation that doesn't really work anymore. So we have a great relationship with AWS, but our deal with Microsoft uh, has four components to it. Number one is Azure hosting environment. So we will be actually using more of Azure to host uh, our, our you know, intact implementation and some of our new product offerings like Active, uh, the product Active, or Sage Active in, in Europe. So we will be using that element in there and they're gonna help us to go in there. Uh, Microsoft offers a really rich environment in Azure, secure environment, and a very, to be honest with you, also incredibly attractive pricing structure. So that's number one. Number two, which is something we're very excited about, is the technology integration. Look, Microsoft is the productivity company on the planet. They have Microsoft Office, and not just Teams, but the Microsoft Office is the number one productivity tool. And for us, and every single accountant that I know of on the planet uses either Excel, Word, or PowerPoint, or a combination of those three. But I don't know of a single accountant who does not use Excel, as an example, in the, in, on the planet. So imagine 
more integration between Sage products and Microsoft products in there. Teams is only the first channel, and actually the champion of the team channel was Aaron. Aaron actually had a vision where he said, look, why do we take the accountant out of their way to approve a PO or approve a particular you know, invoice or do a particular workflow? We could just, if you're sitting in the office and you have teams, we could just pop up a message that says basically approve this or should we take you to the workflow? So that's, so the teams is the first implementation and the integration. You're gonna see more integration work coming up with other Microsoft products and online. Third is, is go to market. They are, Microsoft has broadest reach of any software company on the planet. Okay, look, I used to work at Microsoft and I could tell you there are more, you know, more customers in, in Zimbabwe, in Microsoft than are, you know, some big companies have across yeah. the entire universe. Okay, <laughs> so that's the reality of it all. So having us align with them, we are the number one in small, medium-sized accounting firms on the planet. They are the number one productivity company. Aligning our product offerings together will give us a leverage of how to go to market more effectively and reduce our cost of sale and increase our selling. Last but not least is a tying to a marketing message. Having Microsoft, you know, wonderful company, so is AWS, so Amazon, really wonderful company, with Sage tying our brand to their brand, yep, tying sense. our brand to AWS brand is something very powerful and allows us to actually drive our customer awareness and brand awareness across the globe. So those are the four dimensions uh, for us, why we did the deal. And then, I don't know if you have anything else, but I know I have one more question, but I don't know if you have anything else. Oh, I, I was just going to point out some of like the specifics of the Teams integration, because it's, it's, it it's seems, powerful. yeah, like, so being able to submit and manage expenses directly inside directly of Teams. Directly inside Teams. In yeah. a conversational, you know, uh, UI. So I'm a manager, my employee submits the expense, I just get a pop-up in Teams. And, and you I say approve, approve. Or, or approve. And another thing is, imagine in the future, we're going to integrate our uh, Sage HR. Uh, capabilities. So you actually, within teams, you could say, you know, my payroll, change my, you know, change my uh, uh, deductions or yeah. that sort of thing. So we want to make it really easy for our joint customers to actually do, just remove all the friction from the system. So one, one, one of the biggest pains in the neck for accounting teams is that they depend so much on employees <laughs> you know, exactly. to get their stuff done, right? Yep. You know, the, the month-end close isn't the month-end close until they've chased everybody to get their timesheets in, their expense reports in, Correct. until they've asked everybody, you know, how much of this purchase order should I accrue? And, and you know, the, the entire history of, of the business has been, well, they've got to go into, <laughs> e either they've got to put a piece of paper on the accounting team's desk, right? Or maybe we've allowed them to log into the accounting product and do that stuff. We're essentially saying, just do it somewhere where they're comfortable working and ultimately the message is, is for the accounting team, right? And the message is you're not gonna have to chase people anymore because we've made it so easy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I think, oh, well, you threw out this term, Sage Digital Network, then two or three other people said it on stage. Like, what is this Sage Digital Network? It's, <laughs> this is the great job of So the Sage Digital Network is a collection of technology services that enable our customers to digitize the workflows that they have across their business <laughs> ecosystem. So digitize all the workflows with their customers, with their suppliers, with banks, lenders, creditors, uh, regulatory authorities, their employees. And all of these services are connected to a common network that allows us to create the best possible experience that we can derive from all of the activity across all of our products. So whether you're on Sage Intact, you're on Sage 50, 
you're on Sage Active, all of these products connect to the same network that creates you know, one giant set of data flows that does two things. The first is obviously it drives really powerful AI, right? So you know, our, our early customers of our invoice processing capability, they're remarking to us on how the AI seems to be getting smarter and smarter in their mind, they believe it's because we've built an AI like just for this customer that's learning as they add more. The reality is it's learning from everybody, right? So if, if customer A is processing invoices from widgets.inc and now customer B starts to process invoices from widgets.inc, the network architecture allows us to build models that benefit you know, all customers that happen to be working with widgets.inc. But the second part of this is we can now start to see across this network how much activity there is for these various suppliers and lenders and, and banks. And we can start to pinpoint our efforts to elevate those connections from an AI-based automation to a purely digital connection. So at the point where widgets.inc has a couple thousand customers that are driving you know, tens of thousands of invoices on a monthly basis, we can say to our customers, we're actually just now gonna go create a direct digital connection to widgets.inc, gets you connected, and now going forward, you won't have to receive a bill via email, you won't have right. to, so, right, it's gonna come in directly so, in digital. So instead, I mean, in our terms, so, so instead of me connecting my bank and getting my bank feeds, you're gonna allow me to connect to all the other things I need to get into my correct, accounting correct. system, not just bank feeds. Or all the stuff you have to push yes. stuff into, stuff into, like your, your compliance reporting. All right. So it's like, yeah, a lot, a lot of accounts are familiar with, say, bill.com payment connections, right? I connect to my vendor, my customers, and we can now exchange uh, invoices digitally. This is like that, but for all kinds of data. For all kinds of data. It's really important to understand. It's about not just the data, but the connections between the data. So the general ledger is the heart of any business operation. It's the brain and the heart of any business operation. Okay, That's the last thing anybody will turn off. You know, even when businesses go bankrupt, sometimes that's already shut down. The only thing that's left is actually the general ledger and the accounting system. It's just a reality, okay? So that's how it's sticky. The issue behind it is we come to it from that point of view. So you take the general ledger and then you create all the connections around it. So we have knowledge of everything that happens in your system, all the way from your payroll to all your transactions, AP, AR, all your connections, banking feeds, that way. A lot of our competitors or other people who are doing, they're coming to it from the lease. They have one piece of data and they're trying to interpolate what that goes. They don't have a full view of the entire graph of connection. So it's about the data, but also the interconnections of the data in there. And we will have that as part of the digital network into it. And what's important to us is our Sage ID is, so every one of our customers will have a Sage ID component. So the, your ID follows with you in the system and it follows you with your data and your connections in a secure way, by the way and you control your own data and information. Yeah. That's very exciting. Uh, I, I can see a lot of potential, just uh, all of this, like you said, so, I mean, that really ties into what you were talking about with the inbox, with the automation, yep. because uh, I can see data coming in from my customers and my vendors into that inbox, bypassing these insecure email channels. Exactly. Yep. And, 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 now, and now it's, uh, yeah. That's the, so that's in, the inbox becomes basically the front door to the Sage Digital Network. Got it. And, and then, I mean, just because a lot of people, they send these fraudulent invoices out to see it's fishing, exactly. right? See who will pay that. In yeah, theory, you're going to see 10,000 of those come in instantly and shut them down for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the, the audience something to, in my keynote. 
So we've, we've, we've filed a patent on this approach to reading data from invoices that creates something like a digital thumbprint for each vendor in the network. And, and, and the thumbprint is basically, it's not looking at the data on the invoice, it's looking at how they format it. You know, what are sort of the common elements of, of, of an invoice from, from widget studying? Once we have that fingerprint developed, irrespective of where invoices come from our customers, you know, we can train it and make it smarter. But the really cool thing is if an invoice comes in and our AI scans it and it it's purports to be widgets.inc, but the fingerprint doesn't match, Disney. that is a very fast red flag to the customer that this may not actually be from widgets.inc. So like scammer fakes an invoice in Word, it looks kind of like the one, the official invoice, you could, your AI can tell the difference. Right. And so, so the next step is now when we get widgets.inc fully digitally connected to the network, we will have information about from widgets.inc, including what are the payment details for widgets.inc. So if it fails, you know, the first test, you know, it doesn't, the fingerprints don't match. We then can look at the data and say, hey, why is this invoice have payment details that aren't going to where we expect payments to go to? That's exactly. And, and the, uh, take another element in here. Widget.ing would send an invoices by generally between $500 to $1,000, making up stuff here across the entire network. All of a sudden I see something coming in as $20 or $2,000, you know, or something like that. You could, those things, digital network will be able to flag and, and intercept very quickly and then just eliminate it out of the system before even it gets to you. This is like spam detection for invoices in a with way. With a like, much better, with, with, with <laughs> very different pirates. consequences. Because <laughs> exactly. this happened a lot the last year. I've seen this over and over again where widgets inc. Somebody will widgets inc. S. And they'll put a little letter at the end. I feel end, like we set started a business together on right. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. they'll, they'll, and and they'll, so they'll, they'll send out the email with just with the separate yes. domain, but it looks like the real email. They'll get your email signature, do sure. it all, and they're like, hey, we got a new bank, send the payment to this bank routing numbers now yep. instead, and then people are just writing numbers. But yeah. a human's not gonna see that in Microsoft, uh, in exactly. Microsoft exactly Outlook, right. that email address difference. You're just not gonna see it, but in theory, you, you, you pick up on that in a heartbeat. Of course, yes, this is not the real company, this yeah. is a fake domain. And that's why the yeah. network is so powerful, because if you're doing this just for one company or one product, you're not gonna have the richness of data that you need to, to make you know, really smart AI. Right, you've got the payment information, you've got, you know what the invoices look like, you know who their customers are. You Take know. this to the end conclusion, okay? At the end of the day, I always make a statement is, why do we even have invoices? Why? So when you are connected to digital network, widget.inc, if you have a smart contracts connected to it too, then it's automatic transactions happen from general ledger to general ledger. Mm -hmm. Okay, think about it at the, yeah. the final end. And this is something that Aaron speaks about a lot. And this is not going to happen in the next couple of years, but it is on the roadmap for us to happen. So when Aaron talks about full digitization, what well, he's not meaning that just taking an invoice and digitizing that. That's the next step to the ultimate goal. Well, the ultimate goal is when you have all these suppliers and all these customers connected, truly fully connected to the network, then we could basically think about it as giving them a smart contract between them and the handshaking will be, hey, transfer money from this account to that account. All you have to do is send an approval from one person versus the other, and it's 100% secure. Right. There is no invoice per se. Right. You know, so so do you see that invoice. going cross-platform? So 
It, it, it has to. It's yeah, I was going to, yeah, because if somebody's, to. if somebody, uh, widgets, yes. widgets Inc. here is on Intact. Absolutely. And they're selling to leverage businesses that might be on QuickBooks. Absolutely. There's yeah. going to have to be some. We're committed right. to open I know this. Now are all the platforms working together to create so this, this is in when, agreement? When, when, when Walid said Inbox is, is a platform. So, so first of all, it's free, right? So, you know, we want to get it to as many businesses in the world. But it also already has built into it connectors to you know, all the popular accounting products. So if, if you kick off that workflow that ultimately you know, results in posting a bill into your accounting product, Inbox is connected to whatever accounting solution you happen to use. Now we hope it's Sage, <laughs> right? But, but ultimately for us to get this network to work the way we need it to, it's got to be open to, yeah. to customers that are running on, on other, other accounting products. Well, and that's important because we've talked to a lot of customers in the past year and basically everybody, unless they're really lucky, they're running multiple different GL systems because yep. you acquire companies and they're on. Of course. Yeah, that, that's, that's really, so, so Inbox is going to be a standalone product that I could okay. use or? We, we don't, okay, let me just yeah. It's going to be our universal UI that we're going to give to people across all our customers and third-party customers. When I say a customer, anybody could, should be able to get the inbox and connect through it. How are we going to look at it in terms of business model? How are we going to do all these things? We're going to make the base product free. Okay. There will be services. There will be people building on top of it, workflows and that sort of environment. But really, really think about it in this way. It is a platform. Mm. There is the UI for our digital a network, Sage Digital Network. So it is, so you have the Sage Digital Network, bunch of services that Aaron talked about and bunch of data and all richness in there. We're going to have products will go directly into them like Intact, but then we're only going to have this inbox, universal inbox. That's not the right name. Potentially we're going to, you know, the marketing working title. We may, things, we may rebrand time. this. Yeah. We may rebrand this in whatever name we, you know, comes up in there, but it's going to be a platform that will have developer experience. I mean, developers will be able to pick it up and add services to it, add components, and we will be adding components to it. But it's going to be a way for us to connect different systems together. And by the way, it's open. That means my other competitors, more than welcome to come in. And we're going to actually make them happy and we're going to make them first-class citizens as part of that environment. Because we actually will succeed, all of us together, if we make this richer environment. Because this is how insane it is right now. So I use Dext. Which, which auto entry type product and you guys sure. provide auto yep. entry. So I use Dext and Dext is on intact. So they send me my receipt. So I get it in my inbox. I forward it back to Dext, the actual product. Exactly. So they can scan it and put it into my QuickBooks. And it's like, that's, that's, th that's a whole extra app and like three extra emails that don't, shouldn't exist at all. You should just shove it into my QuickBooks. Your, ultimately. Yeah. your scenario we'll is the inbox that Aaron talked about. Okay. It's a working title. It's a working, uh, 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 you know, name. It's not bad. Uh, okay, it's actually <laughs> uh, we like it. We have yeah, it. Like it might it. be easy to understand. Trademark. We like we like Sage Digital Network. I mean, we, we went around several times about what naming to have it. We ended up with Sage. Yeah, Digital we Network. actually kicked off some quite intense marketing projects <laughs> to help us figure out what to name the Sage Digital Network. Yeah. Yeah, we came back to Sage Digital, Digital Network. Network. Yeah. So what we're trying to do here with the inbox, not to replace your GLs. That's a really important element people need to understand. This is not a product that will replace QuickBooks. Right. That's actually not the intent of that. It's more that. like a stoplight or an intersection. It's, it's gates and controls. It's right? a platform that allows us to streamline the workflows 
or eliminate those workflows that allow you to. If you're living in QuickBooks, but you use auto entry on our side, okay? We're forcing you between us and QuickBooks to, to use two different products and going through that. We're gonna give you the inbox that says, fine, I'll take the information out of auto entry very quickly and put it into your QuickBooks without you having to do spend that extra gyrations of, you know, firing up the application and doing all these clicks. That makes sense. All right, I think that's a wrap, right? Yeah, I, I think Excellent. you guys, thank you for joining us. Thank and you. Thanks for, for having us. To next year. Always fun. It's great. And just if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? LinkedIn? Do you want to? LinkedIn's the best way to get a hold of me. Okay. Uh, however, don't be offended if I don't respond quickly. I get quite a lot of inbounds. <laughs> yeah, on, maybe you can fix the LinkedIn inbox while you're at it. Yes, yes, We'll talk to Microsoft about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, we have actually, talking about it, part of the integrations we're doing, and uh, our thing is, is going to have an integration between LinkedIn and our Sage HR. So that's something we're working on with Microsoft too. That's great. I've always thought like the LinkedIn's incredible value is as the Rolodex of the world. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. unbelievable platform. Yep. And by the way, our digital network is somewhat similar to LinkedIn in that we're connecting suppliers and customers together and, and platform, but in a- in Okay, that's not, a good way to think. So, so yeah, think yeah. about it in that context in a lot of ways. And that's what Aaron has and his team that's have cool. been Well, Ed, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Take care. Thanks guys. Bye. So Steve Hare, CEO of Sage, you were previously the CFO of Sage Global. That's not uncommon, but it is unusual for the CFO to become the CEO. How did that happen? But you left one part out, chartered accountant. You actually, you, you're <laughs> yeah. one of, well, I'm not an accountant, but you're one so of our listeners. Not just a CFO, uh, yeah. but an accountant who became there a CFO exactly. that then became a CEO, which I think actually that's very rare. So... <laughs> How did you end up in the CEO seat? Yeah, it, it is a little rare. And I think, um, you know, probably in technology particularly, um, you know, it's, it's rare. But uh, remember our, uh, our customers, by and large, are CFOs, they're accountants. And even, a, even with our smaller um, business owners, even if they're not accountants, <laughs> what they're buying is, you know, automation, they're buying, um, you know, that functionality for their back office. And so I have spent, I am an accountant by training. I was, you know, kind of uh, trained with what was Ernst & Winnie at the time, now Ernst & Young. But I spent all of my early career in, in industry, in manufacturing, um, a lot of time in telecoms technology. I also spent four years in private equity. So I have a, a very wide amount of experience. I did come to Sage to be CFO. But then when I got the opportunity to become CEO, I think that combination of technology and financial and really understanding what our customers are buying, right? I, I mean, I said it on stage today, uh, a little tongue in cheek, but you know, I'm passionate about workflows, but I understand the workflows because I've operated. Because you've done it. You've had to deal with, uh, I forget exactly what you said, but you know, too many business systems, yeah. right? Every time you have to log into an app. Exactly, like logging in and out. And you know, the yeah. thing is from a technology perspective, you know, the technology exists to be able to make all this interoperability a much better experience for the customers. And really, that's what we're trying to, with the digital network, what we're trying to do is create a place where we can create that connectivity, bring everything together, and then also create a user experience that allows you to 
consume things which are both Sage and also Sage's partners, ISVs, etc. But we need to curate that so that when you're consuming that, it's a, it's a seamless integrated experience. And if we can do that, then you can have that single sign-on. You can be in the application consuming lots of different things, and we look after the security again. So you're CEO of Global Sage. Yep. So this is how many different products and divisions are you guys at now? Yeah, so what we've done is actually we've just done a, a recent reorganization um, to bring the product offerings um, into a number of discrete business units. So for example, Sage Intact is a uh, business unit. We have a, bi a business unit for HR, for payroll, for small accountants. So we have, uh, and one for the digital network. So we, ha we have eight in, in total. And what we're doing is bringing together all of the products within those business units so that we can deliver this integrated experience that I'm talking about. So, you know, what often happens with Sage is people will say exactly that, right? Well, you've got all these different products that are on-premise, you know, we all know about Intact, we all know about accounting, but all these other products, Sage 50, 100, 200, 300, what's, what, you know, what are they all about? What are you doing? And the answer is what we're doing is bringing them all into this connected place, right? So we, people will migrate from Sage 50 or Sage 300 to Intact. But what we also want to be able to do is deploy these cloud services like accounts payable automation into those existing customers, even if they don't want to migrate their general ledger. I mean, one of the, one of the again, advantages of being a, an accountant is I understand the, the, the effort that it takes to migrate from one system to another because it's different, right? If I migrate from Sage 50 or Sage 200 to Sage Intact, it's not just that you're going to a, a, a cloud native product, you're having to change the way you configure your chart of accounts. I mean, one of the big fantastic things about Intact is it's multi-dimensional ledger. But to get the benefit of the multi-dimensional ledger, you have to do a lot of work to configure to get the use of that, right? And if, if you've been using, you know, Sage 50 or Sage 200 for 20 years, there has to be a compelling reason for you to make that investment of time. If we can give you this taste of the cloud services and get you uh, to engage with the digital network, then over time, you'll really start to see the benefit of that. And, and what you will then do is, you know, over time, you will re-engineer your processes so that actually, ultimately, that migration of the general ledger is easy. So it sounds like it's not like, and I remember, you know, when Sage years ago put their stake in the ground, we're going for cloud, cloud, and, and I think you worked with an API company. So instead of really trying to get all your users off your desktop legacy old products into your cloud offerings, you're, or from a jail perspective, you're like, stay on whatever you want. But because now we have this suite of other cloud offerings, you're going to use some of our, we don't care what parts of Sage Cloud you use, you're going to use some parts of it. That's kind of the research. Yeah, and, and, and what, what, what is important though is we want to move the customers so that more of the transactional flow is in the network. Okay, so one of the downsides of, of having customers with their general ledgers on a desktop product is that they connect when they need to connect, but they're still doing flows that are not through the network. So what we really want is if you're a, if you're a, a Sage 50, Sage 200 customer, we do want you to issue your invoices, receive your invoices, those, flow, those flows, we really want those to be on the network. Why? because then we can deploy artificial intelligence and machine learning, right? 
Those data pools are very valuable in order to then give customers insights. If we can't see what you're doing, then we can't get the benefit from AI and ML. So we really want to pull more of the flow in so that effectively the general ledger, yes, it's a repository for data, but every time there's a transaction, the transaction is going into the network. So you made a joke today on stage about the dollar and the pound being about the same right about now. What the heck is going on in the UK? Give it to us for, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been hearing the coverage here, you know, on NPR and, uh, you know, our, our local, our US reporters, like, what's your take on it? Yeah, so, I, I mean, if you look at it, first of all, look at it from a currency perspective, actually, just to uh, be serious around the impact on Sage. 80% of our revenue is outside the UK. So actually, when we report our results um, in November, we'll get a bit of a lift from the fact that the, the dollar is, is strong. But I think what all business people look for is you, you, want, you, want, uh, you want consistency, you want predictability. So to some degree, it almost doesn't matter where the exchange rate is, but what does matter is volatility, because then it's really hard to plan for. And I think if you bring it back to the UK... Well, and so with 80% of your revenues outside the UK, I mean, you're, so that, you know, that's not in pounds, yeah. right? So you're okay, the exchange rate isn't impacting the, you. Yeah, so way. when we report our revenue, it actually be slightly higher because we have more dollar-based revenues than we do sterling. But we obviously have sterling costs because we have you know, a, lot, a lot of people in the UK. So that, that consistency, that predictability is important. So I think, you know, so bring it back to the UK, you know, what both political parties are really committed to is growth, but they have very different views about how to drive that growth. And, you know, we're, we lobby both the existing government and also, you know, the, the Labour Party. And, and our messaging is, look, if you want the economy to grow, two thirds of jobs and probably close to 60% of GDP in the UK is small, mid-sized businesses. So you need to focus on making it easy for small, mid-sized businesses, first of all, to be set up, secondly, to grow. So things like scale-up capital, um, you know, the, the, the tax incentives around helping customers to grow is super, super important. And if you look at the stats, the UK is fantastic for startup, right? So kind of ranks really only behind the valley in terms of the amount of venture capital that's available for startups. What and is, we, is that still the case after Brexit? still the case, still the yeah. case today. But where, where we need to do more work is scale-up. So as, as businesses scale, this is why, you know, there's always this thing, why Sage the only big tech company in the UK? Somewhere along the line, as companies are scaling, they find it easier to go into private hands, list on the NASDAQ, whatever, because that access to capital, particularly growth capital, somehow is easier to obtain. So I think the big thing for both parties is you need to make the, this a country where people can scale their businesses, which means you need predictability, the infrastructure, access to capital. They're the key things. Interesting. So you've been spending money. So you, I think you said you guys done at 1.1 billion in R&D. Yep. And then did you say you, another billion in acquisitions? acquisitions. That includes Intact, but yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, the Intact. But the, that was a steal. Was it $700 million or something? That was, that's, that's a little bit ridiculous. So what, what are you guys building? What, what's all this money being spent on? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of it, I think you, you could see it in some of the uh, releases we were talking about with Intact. You know, um, I think there was, there was some skepticism when Sage bought Intact as to whether, you know, 
we would be able to continue to grow at the same rate? Would we be able to bring these kind of two, you know, what at the time were somewhat different cultures together and get the best out of it? And I think, you know, one of the things I'm very proud of is you could see it today on stage. Um, the amount of innovation that we're driving, continuing to drive through that platform is, is really, really high. And, and actually somebody came up to me as, as, I, um, as I was leaving the hall, who's been with Intac, you know, for 20 odd years. And, and, and he said to me, this is my 10th transform. And I just want to tell you, Steve, I have never seen this level of innovation. So that's, that's great because we've invested in that. But we've also invested in the digital network. We've invested in our small accounting um, offering. Uh, which is more relevant really in, in the UK and Europe than it, than it is here, uh, where, you know, here in, the, in North America, particularly the US, we are very, very focused on, you know, winning in that, that mid-sized business within tech. And so, so speaking of accountants and bookkeepers, obviously in the mid-market uh, mid space, there's accountants and bookkeepers that support intact. But you guys, on the other side, you guys started buying a couple of tools that are just for accountants and bookkeepers. Uh, what's the... Go proposal, Go proposal and futurely. Futurely, yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, even auto entry, arguably, was more yeah. of an accountant's tool yeah, as well. That's right. Like, do you plan on having? I know you said you have the apparel division and you have your your your, your human division and you have your midsize. Do you, are you going to have an accountant's division? So, as part of the small uh, business business unit, we have a dedicated accountants group, and particularly in the UK, uh, you know, to to win in that small section uh, segment. You have to you have to win through accountants, and and I think you know what we're focused on is not not just winning in terms of the end user, uh, but focusing on the world of an accountant is changing. The way they run their practice is changing, and actually they're driving now quite a lot of digitization because the the smaller accountants who used to you know be quite happy for their account uh, their clients to turn up with a, you know, physical receipts and get them to write up their books, et cetera. That's not how accountants want to run their business. They want to capture everything digitally. So even if the accountant is, is doing the books and doing the tax returns, which for a lot of small businesses they still do, they want to digitize that. They want to collect the information and they want to be reviewing it in a digital format. And then the other thing is governments now are pushing very hard to create that digital interchange. So the UK government has delayed slightly making tax MCD, digital, yeah. right? But, it, but a number of other countries um, in Europe are now going down the same sort of road saying, right, we want the interaction with us, whether it be taxes, um, whether it would be, you know, how you interact as a, as a local citizen paying local taxes as well as federal taxes. We want all this to be digital. And so we're using our tools you know, to, to, to do that, but at the same time, help those accountants migrate their own businesses. So we have something called Sage for Accountants, which gives them that capability to bring everything in and run their own businesses. Can I bring up a personal yeah. gripe? So uh, one of the things that I very much dislike whenever I go look at a app uh, that I'm looking at for my firm or my clients is, I go on there and I can't find pricing. And I brought this up last year, I asked, why, why can't I see the pricing for Intact as an accountant? And, and why do I have to go through this you know, request pricing and I don't know if I'm getting the right price or that sort of thing? Like, why not make it open and transparent? So actually for small business, we do. So we've already, with, a, with our accounting suite or our small business suite, um, 
we have now priced that in, into additions, and you can see the, the price for each of those additions uh, on our website. I guess I should say, I mean Intap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Intap's so the one I'm... So we started, we started by doing it with yeah. small. So what we're looking at now with Intact, the way we do Intact at the moment is each client ends up pulling down a bespoke you know, package of modules because we don't sell it as an addition, we sell it as modules. So we're looking at that at the moment. To We will end up moving more towards, and I think Dan talked a bit about it in his keynote, where we approach it more on an additions basis and so you'll be able to see transparently what's what's bundled into that addition as opposed to it being built bespoke every time. I feel like that could really help. Uh, you know, QuickBooks is the 90% market dominant GL for accounting firms. And I think part of the reason is that it's just so easy to see the cost. And, yeah, and you know, I think the other that. thing as well is is if you want um, if you want digital adoption, right? In other uh, so that it doesn't require a negotiation with a human being then obviously you need to do that, right? And, right. And, and that's where we need to get to because we need to make it much easier for people just to pull down what they're, what they're looking for and adopt it digitally. I mean, ideally, I never have to talk to an enterprise salesperson ever again. Like, that's my dream. Yeah. Uh, you know, and most accountants, I think, would agree with me that, uh, you know, we just want to, like, sign up, start onboarding our client, test it out, try it. You know, that's, that's the world we want to live in. So we're working, so it's not a commitment, but we are working on it. We're looking at these additions. Okay, that's great to hear. Well, well there's hope when the CEO is an accountant. Like, <laughs> like there's, that's, when tech companies, all the tech companies should have accountants as CEOs. And just like, we've been talking about this all, like, we want politicians that are accountants now, too. <laughs> we want politicians that aren't accountants. That would help in the UK, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, Liz, yeah. I don't know if you know, but Liz Trust is a qualified accountant. Well, that makes no sense, right? <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Because I'm just I'm hearing these stories like okay so your your Bank of England right is 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 pushing uh, the the brake and here's Liz Truss pressing the gas on the pedal, and the markets obviously didn't like that right like what I don't know has she forgotten her accountancy? Well I don't know she was actually uh, her first uh, job was also as well as being a qualified accountant, um, she also worked for a couple of quite large firms as an economist, so. So even less reason for this. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Politics is controversial. So I'm sure you have other interviews to do. You're very busy. Thank you for taking time for, with us today. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to learn more about Sage, what's the best way? Do you just want to share the... Do you just want to like share out the uh, Sage Twitter handle or something like that? Yeah, so you can, uh, you can follow me. Uh, I think it's uh, at Steve... Uh, I think that's it, isn't it? That's it. Yep. That's it. Steve Hare. That's Steve Hare. Easy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Very easy. I'm following you right now. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you very much. Really, Thank you. Really good. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. Great to see you. Thanks a lot.